Congratulations. You made it to the Xfil. You can sit back and relax, turn the heat up, and we hope you enjoy the show. Hey there, Mike, a.k.a. MTV Trigger here, and with me as always is my co-host Ronald, a.k.a. Eric. If you are brand new, welcome. This is an Escape from Tarkov podcast where we talk about all things EFT, and our goal is to get better at the game, and we hope you do too, and we hope you come along with us for that journey. Let's get hideout keeping done real quick. Just two things today. I feel like every day somebody messages us or emails us or something and ask how they can help. So here's a couple new ways. If you have an Amazon Prime account, link it to Twitch and use it to subscribe for free to my Twitch channel. I repeat, if you have an Amazon Prime subscription, you can link it to Twitch. You may have to create an account. And if you search MTB Trigger on there and subscribe, it'll allow you to do it for free. That goes a long way. Thank you to those that already subscribed to Twitch. Two, if you're on Facebook, We are now there, so make sure to go find XP Media. I believe the page is XP Media now on Facebook, and we're now on Facebook. So likes, shares, comments, ratings, etc. Anything you can do on Facebook would really, really, really help us there. All of that is super welcome. And if we are not on your favorite platform, that's how we've ended up in all of these places. Please let us know, and we'll do our best to get on your platform of choice. Support for this show is brought to you by Manscaped.com. Save 20% and get free shipping at Manscaped.com with code EXFIL. That's 20% and free shipping with code EXFIL. We just went over some support options, but some other ways you can support the show. Share it with a friend. Leave a rating. If you don't want to link your Amazon to Twitch or you don't have a subscription to give there, you can go to Patreon for that as well. Any time you think about a product that we have a code for, using that goes a long way for us. So if you're thinking about some grooming needs for a friend, for you, or for somebody, uh, just think about using our codes when you do those things. And then lastly, it's our social media channels. Make sure you follow us there and on YouTube as well. But as I mentioned before, I'm on Twitch, I'm on Twitter and Discord, MTB Trigger, and all of those places. Ronald. How are you, man? Let these fine folks know how to find you as well. Hey, how's it going, everybody? I'm doing fantastic. Pretty excited this week to get into the show. But before we do, the best way to get a hold of me is always in Discord. You can find me in Discord at the top of the list next to MTB Trigger, and you can tag me in any message or in any one of the channels, just at Ronald. We read everything that we get tagged in, so please go ahead and do that. I'm pretty active in the hardware section in Discord, so if you have any questions about your PC, how to make Tarkov run better, or it's the holiday season, if you're looking at getting some upgrades on your list, we can help you figure out what those upgrades are for your particular PC. If you look in that section in Discord, we're answering questions. It's pretty active right now. You can also follow me on Twitter, at Ronald Gaming, and I also hang out a couple times a week in MTV Trigger's stream. And I'd like to also re-invite everybody who has an Amazon Prime account. It's super easy to go to twitch.tv slash mtbtrigger. 
and create an account. And then you can link it to Amazon because Twitch is owned by Amazon. And all you have to do is click on sub to the channel with your Prime subscription. It costs you nothing. And it actually helps us out a whole lot in the spread of XP Media and MTB's Twitch channel. So go check that out. And even if you don't come to sub, just come to hang out because we have a good time uh, talking and hanging out uh, most afternoons during the week. If you need to get a hold of us with something more formal, you can email that to xpmedia2020 at gmail.com. And that's it. That's enough hideout keeping for this week. Let's get into our weeks in Tarkov. How was your week, Trigger? Oh, man, where to start? Where to start? Where to start? I saw on the notes that you had Shoreline written down, so I won't steal your thunder on that one. But I honestly, I had one of the best weeks in Tarkov I've ever had. It started off with what Ronald's going to talk about a little bit. But then uh, today, I did just a, a dry run of Pestily's Punisher challenge, which is the qualification for his tournament that's coming up. And the long and short of it is in a one hour time frame, the goal is to kill as many PMCs as possible on factory. And I didn't prepare for it. I didn't redo my stash. I didn't do really anything. I just wanted to see how I could do just kind of going in. And if I died, I would take the time to redo my gear. And I'm actually really excited because I tried it once. I did it on stream. Uh, so we'll be able to get that VOD. We'll probably throw that up on YouTube. But I literally just chain ran factory for an hour. And the qualification number is 30. And I managed to get 23 PMC kills in one hour on my first attempt without really doing anything other than thinking about what gear I wanted to wear. So I felt really quite good about that. Yeah, it was a lot of fun to watch, actually. And this is one of those situations where people today kind of got that random, you know, treat of us trying to figure this out, right? And you trying to say, hey, I want to do this. So let's figure this out kind of live. And you were running around in factory like a crazy person. And, <laughs> and even for you, you know, the, the Chad in our little duo here, this was this is pretty crazy. This order- is next level, dude. <laughs> <laughs> talk about like well, what kind of gun did you end up using and you know talk about like what kind of armor do you use to do this kind of thing i do kind of want to go over it head to toe let's do this let's go i want to go through the rest of my week i want to hear about your week and then let's let's dive into factory why not i i had a blast doing it like i had a smile on my face at the end of it i have it on there now I, let's just talk about that in a little bit so we're, we'll come back let's finish on factory and circle back to it and if we have to move stuff around we'll do it so because you asked that and I want to talk about it. So we're going to do it. The other things that happened were I had a, a thermal scope left over from doing test drive, which required me to put on a M1A with a suppressor and the Reaper scope. And I was able to get that done, which again, we'll talk about. But I had that left over and then I decided, hey, before I go do this factory thing, I want to run some woods. And I also did it after factory because I survived woods and shoreline with it. And I ended up getting two shooter born in heaven kills in the same raid. And the best part about that was uh, somebody from the discord that you guys may recognize uh, Buzzkill, And then he also has the name. Uh, it's slipping my mind. I should have written it down. Do you remember from chat? Yep. Jack and chill. Jack and chill. Who's in the discord. I think that's the name he's going by in the XP media discord. But the third kill that I needed on Woods was actually on him. He was running to the exfil, and I hit this crazy 
Like, I think it was a 153 meter shot as he was running up to the UN gate. And I just happened to hit him with the first bullet. And I was pumped. And he came into Twitch and he's like, when I saw that it was your name, I was so hyped. I've been listening to the podcast forever. And when he messaged me on it, like we've actually had a bunch of DMs back and forth, uh, which is just really cool. So I, I can't say I've ever had somebody excited that I killed them before, especially with a long range suppress shot on Woods. So it was just kind of hilarious. But shout out to Jack and Kill, aka Buzzkill. Thanks for stopping by the stream. It was just a blast. And uh, it was my third kill that I needed on on Woods. So that was awesome. The last thing for me, I guess, was uh, learning about the Reaper, right? And and you kind of talked about it last week. We had some great feedback in the Discord. And shout out to Control-Alt-Defeat. He uh, sent us over the riser that actually allows this. And after looking into it, it's actually really neat. It's a great thing that you can do in your stash. And I'm starting to transfer over this over to this. But it's the LaRue Picatinny QDLT-101. And it's a riser that allows most scopes to become a one-slot item. So if you have a bunch of, you know, Valdez or, you know, hammer scopes or whatever they are, you can actually use this riser to turn those into one slots. And this riser will attach pretty easily to guns. So it's a really, really neat item. So shout out again to Control-Alt-Defeat for sending that over uh, and sending the pictures and everything because, and, and a few people sent this over. He was just the first one to send us over the pictures and, and how it works. So uh, shout out there uh, just caused me to want another thick weapons case so that I can stack all of my scopes in it now. So congratulations. And quick shout out to Control-Alt-Defeat. You, sir, have the most rubles that I think I've seen on a single PMC. We're uh, envious of your rule pile. Well done, sir. Well done. Well done. So, I mean, outside of Factory, which, again, sorry for the, the switch around, but uh, that's that's pretty much it, man. I want to talk about Shoreline, but I want to let you talk about your side of that because it was pretty cool. So, tell us about your week, man. Yeah, so the last two weeks in Tarkov have been legitimately the most fun I think I've had in a long time, if ever. And the last week was great. It, we only had a couple of nights of raids, but, and I mean by a couple, I mean two, I think, really. And those two nights were fairly successful. I don't think we've ever had the amount of success that we had on Woods and on Shoreline, you know, in, in this past week. So let's dive into kind of what we were doing and, and the why. So the first thing we had to do was really redeem the whole Woods situation, which we've talked about. And the amount of times I died trying to get to the stupid car to get the blood smattering. And that's just kind of how things started. So we uh, zoned in the Woods made our way across and having the thermal really helped and you were running cover and we got a bunch of, of scav kills and a couple PMC kills and it ended up being a great raid. I got my task done and then we got out and we thought, huh, well that went really well. And so then it was, okay, well what other tasks can we get done tonight? Let's use tonight as like a purpose night versus, you know, just kind of going in and farming PMCs or farming scavs in factory or something. So we dove in and thought, well, I was pretty close at this point to Peacekeeper and Jaeger being unlocked all the way so that the hideout I could push to level three for everything. So let's do it. So we had some Peacekeeper tasks to do, had a couple of Jaeger tasks to do. So we went back to woods and the next task I had was kill four scavs without using any kind of medical kits, right? Any bandages or anything, which is not an easy thing to do. 
but took a super long-range gun build that I've been really using. It's an AKM uh, that's a suppressed AKM with a Vortex scope on it, and I've really been enjoying that gun. And you had your thermal, so you were scanning for snipers and took out some sniper PMCs, and then you found some scavs, and we dived in and ended up getting all four of those kills and getting out and getting our first task done. Yeah, and this is kind of interesting because the gear and the tasks all kind of played into each other. Because, like, again, I think we were both in a situation where we were frustrated with Woods. We kind of felt that it was starting to turn around because I think our, our pathing just got better having played it a little bit. But we had this conversation beforehand. I was like, okay, what do you need to do? And he's like, well, I, I really got to get the blood off of the truck on Woods, followed by a heavy sigh. Oh, and I need to kill four scavs without healing on Woods, heavy sigh. And I was like, okay, well, I need to do the test drive task, which is two more Reaper kills. I've already lost like three or four Reaper scopes trying this. What if we pair your tasks with my Reaper on Woods so that we can at least have a healthy perimeter and try to get it done? One of the things that I realized was I was going on woods pretty light. I was usually going in with like a class four tack rig, but I said, you know what? I'm going to go decked out. So I went sword and headset. I went X-fill helmet with ears and the X-fill face shield. I went with the ghost mask and the anti-fragmentation goggles. And then I was wearing a Killa armor because I wanted the I wanted at least a class five, if not class six armor. So I decided on Killa armor because I had quite a few of them. And then I was taking in the M1A. It had the the hybrid suppressor on it and the Reaper scope. And I was I think what was I running through it? I think I was shooting seven and one. No, that's the wrong caliber. I was shooting M61. Um, I didn't want to shoot M62 because I didn't want the tracers on woods, so I was shooting M61. But the reason I bring all that up was it, it gave us a really unique opportunity. And the opportunity was I needed to shoot, you know, two PMCs and I wanted to do it safely. But it also gave me a chance to spot and find some scavs that we probably wouldn't have been able to see. And it was kind of cool because I think the gun you were most comfortable with, that AKM, you got really good at it as a long range weapon, even though the bullet velocity is kind of low, but we were, I was spotting scabs way out and you were just plinking them off. And we got to a point where you were like, oh, I just need one more for this task and I haven't healed and I don't need to. So it, it all kind of worked together in a way that was kind of neat. Yeah. And I took advantage of the distance. I threw my armor in my bag and I actually got two tasks done on that raid because I had to kill, is it five scabs without wearing any armor? Yes. And, yep. And so I had three of those left. So towards the end of this, we had pushed to the, if you can picture woods, we had pushed to the right side of the map. We had cleared out all of the lumber mill area. We had cleared out a ton of PMCs. I think we had killed four PMCs at this point, killed a bunch of raiders. And there was only about maybe 11 minutes left. And we were basically picking off scavs at Scav House, but we were down by the shore. So we were a long way away. And so I dropped my armor in my bag and I started plinking off these scabs and triggers right. The gun that I was using, the AKM, using BP ammo, it does have a little bit lower bullet velocity than say M995 going through say like a, you know, a, a, an 8R or whatever HK, whatever you're going to put M995 through. So, you know, whatever situation, but the, the bullet velocity being a little bit slower with the BP, learning how to compensate for that bullet arc and you know this was like a three dot drop that's how far away these scavs were and we were hitting them 
and it was great. And so I actually ended up getting two tasks done on that woods run. Threw my armor back on, which was the new class five armor. That is the black 100,000 one from, I forget who is that from. I don't even know, but I know it's got 45 hit points. <laughs> yep, it's got 45 hit points. <clears throat> I can't remember which trader it is off the top of my head. but It's probably Ragman or is it Prapper maybe? I don't know, something weird. It is something weird, yeah. So anyways, that class 5 armor, I've been using that almost exclusively. It's cheap and it, the movement penalty is not bad. It repairs great. You can get it blown up by scavs or blown up by PMCs and you can repair it for cheap. And so I've just been using that. I've had a couple different helmet combinations that I've been using for this particular night of of tasking. And for my helmet, I was using the Xfil helmet. So I had a good helmet going on, so at least it would stop a scav. Again, good ammo from a long way on woods is going to go right through a helmet, but at least it's going to stop a scav from, you know, getting you with a face shield. So yeah, it was it was great. It was really interesting to hit some of those long-range shots. You know, the bullet drop on BP, you know, is kind of substantial, but some of these shots were 250 to 300 meters, which was, you know, pretty clear across the map from the water edge where we were kind of. So it was great. And then we made our way to the XFL and we got out and that was two tasks done on our first raid. Yeah, it was awesome, man. So after that, we started looking at what you had to unlock soon, meaning like you were either close on the rep or you were close on just needing the level or what have you. And I think it was what Peacekeeper and uh, Skier. What was it? You were really close on two two of the traders to get the next level unlocked. Yep. Peacekeeper, Therapist and Jaeger. All three were really close. And so the easiest one to start doing was Peacekeeper. So we started with the tasks that are on shoreline for marking things and getting through and switched to shoreline from woods. I think this was raid three of the night. And we got in to the task that takes you through the swamp to find all of the different buildings, which we did that one at night. So you had the thermal, you were covering me as I was running through the swamp. You were on the, this would be the east side of the swamp up on the hill, kind of in between the swamp and where the killing fields are kind of holding of a position there you could kind of scan basically a good 270 degree swath there you can kind of see what's going on and so I ran through the buildings and got confused a little bit and so it took an extra few minutes but I found my way to the three buildings that you just need to walk into for that task and then we decided hey let's go see if we can find some people so we ended up coming up over the hill towards villas and I'll let you tell the story <laughs> yeah, so we we come over this hill and I start scanning and I see a what I thought was a thick PMC running up the wall of the villa and we heard a grenade go off which is what sort of alerted us to it and I ended up just taking a bunch of shots at anything that came up on the thermal scan and ended up killing a scav two Raiders and Sanitar, actually. But there was a PMC on the other side who was clearing out the house, the cabin, with grenades. So we we played it really slow. They weren't moving very quickly. They clearly knew that something else was going on. And we kind of had it in the back of our mind, like, man, it would be really cool if we got Sanitar, because one of the tasks that Eric has is the samples task, which is a new one that requires you to collect a bunch of those stims in found in raid that can often drop on Sanitar or his raiders. 
And unfortunately, we looted all this, we got everything, and no stimulants were on these guys. And this is after I told him beforehand, like, oh, maybe we get Sanitar, we get lucky in this night raid and run into him, because maybe you could get all those. And of course, not a single one of them dropped, which was crazy. But we couldn't but, get to the third raider, if you remember. There was a right. PMC inside of the fence line in Villa that was prenating and kind of coming after us, and it was dark, and it was just a situation where... He knew where we where we were, and we didn't really know where he was 100%. No, and, and he was throwing grenades and a lot of them. So we made the decision to just wrap around Villa. We didn't want to really go anywhere near Resort because I didn't really want to take the uh, Reaper in. And so we just kind of made our way, cleared gas station, cleared pier. And since we had a task done, we just said, hey, let's get out of here. No problem. Yep. And so then we actually had the next task in the succession line of Peacekeeper tasks, which is the blueberry kills on Shoreline. Everybody's favorite task where you have to put on the really awesome blue armor and very awesome blue shoot me helmet. And then you get to run around on Shoreline and mark some trucks, one down by the beach in the construction area and one on the north uh, side, the back side of the resort. And then you have to kill uh, 10 scabs with this armor combination on. It uh, does not matter which gun you use. You, you can use your favorite gun, but you do have to have this armor on while you kill them. And the last piece of it is you have to turn in five found and raid MREs, which I happen to have in my food container. So I, I didn't even really think about that. So in the first run, we got the first truck marked down by the construction area. We spawned at Road to Customs and decided to head down the river and start to make our way through the map specifically hitting that uh, first truck down by the construction area first. There were no scavs down there. We didn't see any PMCs. Trigger had the thermo and he was looking around. I had my um, AKM gun that I described before with the Vortec. And so we made our way towards the pier and it was kind of like at dawn. So it was dark, but getting to be light. And what was really interesting about it is we got up to the rock that overlooks Pier and then overlooks the gas station, but is on the east side of the river. So we hadn't crossed the river yet. So we were kind of evaluating what was going on. And we were in a situation where, you know, we're 42 minutes left. So there's still PMCs floating around in that area. If you spawn in that area, you're not done yet, either looking for the first round of scavs or looting the safes in the pier or whatever. There's still people doing work down there. So we get to the rock area and then we start to hear stuff. We hear a war going on in the pier. Like it sounded like Sanitar had spawned there and he was fighting a bunch of PMCs. And so we weren't really sure what was going on. And we had to make a couple choices, right? Do we go and try to get on the outside of the wall to get into the pier? Um, for those of you that don't know, you can walk along the outside of the wall of the little uh, road or you know street that goes down towards the pier, and you can avoid running right down the middle of the road, so it's harder to get shot. You can walk kind of on the outside of that and up over the culvert, and then you end up in a spot you can see and walk right up the hill, right in towards the pier building. And so we had to make a choice. Do we walk up that wall, or do we kind of camp out and just wait and see what happens? And we decided that it would be better to wait. Yeah, because as we were moving up from the UN truck, and I think the timing is really important because two events happened. One, 
we heard the first round of grenades when we were about 60 seconds out from that location. And we were marking the truck, so it wasn't like we're going to rush over there or anything like that. But then as we got closer, we heard the final barrage of it. So we kind of knew something was in that area, but by the time we got to that position, it was, okay, do we go down because we think it's clear? They could have left by now. If it was Sanitar, they probably looted and scooted up the beach. And so I was scanning, didn't really see anything, and and we decided to stay up there. And we had the conversation like three times, like, should we be moving? Should we not? And I was like, well, from this position, the only threat is the windows in the pier building because I can't see through them with the thermal scope, but I can clear gas station. I'm clearing behind us. It's reasonable that there's really no one rotating in behind us down the road. So I was scanning back up towards the weather station, up towards the uh, power building, and then scanning over top of gas station. And there's nothing going on. There's no scabs, nothing completely quiet for a while. And so we're just getting to the point of being antsy when I hear running. And I'm like, I hear one, maybe two guys running. I think they're coming up the road from the pier. And sure enough, I scope in and the guy's running left to right. And I take a few shots. He prones out. I shoot through the railing and hit him once. He stands up and I dropped him. It it was kind of a really sketchy spot because it was the middle of the road in the middle of the section of road that goes down to the pier. And because of that, we had to loot him. And it was like, man, we're going to loot him. We're going to be exposed here. I still don't think anything's going on, but they may have heard that. So we go down, we loot him, clear to make sure that they didn't have a partner. It didn't really appear that anything had gone on. As I'm thinking back on it, I wonder if that guy was just clearing for Sanitar, you know, just throwing grenades to try make sure that there's no one there. And he threw a bunch because <laughs> so I don't I really don't know what happened. Or maybe he killed a bunch inside. I don't know. But we loot him. And as we're standing up, I start scoping in on the gas station. And I thought it was like scabs running around. But then the way they were jumping and moving, I spot two PMCs going left to right across the road up towards the hill above gas station. And I don't even know what I said. I don't know if you remember what I said, but I just start shooting because I'm like, they're either going to get away or I'm going to drop them. So I I don't remember if (laughs) even know what I said. (laughs) Yeah, we found them uh, kind of very unexpectedly. We were not expecting to see an additional PMC come out of that situation because we had waited there for a good 10 minutes. And these guys were on the beach hiding. There is no way that they could have gotten away from that other PMC, and they weren't playing together because they were way too far apart. These guys found a spot probably in the locker kind of partition things at the bottom of the steps by the bus stop on the outside of the gas station there, and they were just hanging out because that's right where they came up. Yeah, what what are those? I always thought of them as outdoor showers. <laughs> Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, they're like they're probably the Tarkov equivalent of like a changing room, right? You know. <laughs> I yeah. I don't know. I just I didn't never thinking about that when you said that the lockers or whatever it is. I was like, wait, <laughs> I just assumed that was outdoor showers. I don't know why, just beach. I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, and so they were clearly coming up from that area. They had looted because we 
eventually went over to loot them and they were full, which is the next part of the story. But they came up, they had no idea that we were there, which is really interesting because we were taking shots at the other guy. My guess is they didn't see us come down to loot him on the pier road. And that's probably what happened because there's no way they would have run up there if they would have seen PMCs come down to loot the guy we took out on the pier road. Yeah. You instantly, you're like, oh, I see him. And you start taking shots. I turn around, scope, and sure enough, and I start taking shots as well. And we got them both. And then we decide, okay, we need to get over there quick and loot. And our plan was to keep going and killing scabs. But actually, at this point in the raid, everything really changed. Well, yeah, we we go up to loot these guys. And we were going to kill scabs. Potentially, we were going to go mark the other UN truck, which was on the far side of resort but we just kind of got sucked further and further into the coastline. But once we got to these two guys by the gas station on the hill, they were kitted. They had good ammo, good guns, good armor, good everything, big bags. And so we start looting, and I start looting the first guy, and I'm like, dude, take whatever you want. I'm full. I've got everything I need off of this. And so we get to the point where I'm walking around with the first guy's gear, and he looted all of Pier. And he got a tremendous amount of valuable barter items. And so then when I'm looting this second guy, I get his armor, his rig, and more barter items. Not sure where from, not as much, but I was to the point where my stamina was one bar. So if I wanted to sprint, I had that like three second ramp up time. And the only way to get it to go up was to basically stop all movement (laughs) and crouch. And I could not go very far and I was walking at snail's pace. I know that Eric filled his bags to the point where he was overburdened as well. So at that point, it was like, well, maybe we just reset (laughs) because we're already over halfway to our exfil and we've got tons and tons of loot here. Yep. So our exfil was tunnel, which is the one that's always up. You always get either tunnel or road to customs. Either way, I'm not sure if Rock Passage or Pier was open. Pier did not appear to be open and we didn't get close to Rock Passage. And I don't think we had CCP temporary uh, for this particular raid. So tunnel it was, and we decided, okay, it's time to go. But we're both basically like, you know, (laughs) overburdened mules at this point, kind of walking around. So we had to make our way to the exfil and make sure we didn't get, you know, clapped on the way out. So we checked out Scav Island. There was nobody on Scav Island. And if we remember, I think it was two or three episodes ago, we talked about on Shoreline where we both died right at the entrance to the tunnel exfil area, kind of where that bus and those cars are there and that like checkpoint station is, that little security shack, and there's a little wall there. And so we were both a little jumpy as we came down into that area. And we're looking and looking and looking again and looking again. And thankfully, we didn't see anybody. We made our way over to the tunnel extract and got out with a whole bunch of stuff. And and like Trigger said, lots of good barter items, uh, lots of good guns. We both, there was enough loot between the three PMCs that we both filled our bags with good guns, good ammo, good everything, and made our way out. Now, it totally changed the plan for that raid because I only killed one scaf for that raid and marked one truck. So yep. it was time to go uh, back in at that point. Yeah. And it was just one of those things where you take what the game gives you, and that's what we said. Like, okay, well, why not get out? Because it was a couple hundred thousand at least worth of loot and good kills, good experience, 
let's go. So it was a pretty easy decision to just say, okay, let's uh, let's reset. Even though the map was pretty clear at that point and we could have ran back, it's just, why not reset? I mean, he needed scav kills. I needed nighttime kills because I have to kill 30 PMCs at night, which was the other thing I was working on. So it just, it made sense to leave. So we did. Yep. And just got out, reloaded and got back in the shoreline. And so we came back in, we ended up uh, getting the second truck uh, marked in the next raid, got a couple of scav kills taken care of and ended the night with, I think, seven scav kills in that last raid. And it was a lot of fun. I mean, it's really interesting to me. One of the things I wanted to talk about was the actual like blueberry gear that you have to wear in strategies for effectively getting through this task. So one of the things I was playing around with was how can I disguise this stupid armor as best that I can? And I actually found that a Tarzan covers most of it. And so I specifically was wearing a Tarzan now, there's nothing you can do about the blue helmet. You just are what you are at that point. But the Tarzan was covering most of the armor, and that actually worked out pretty good. So if you end up doing this task and you're looking for a way to disguise yourself, throw a Tarzan on. They're really cheap. You can buy them for like 13,000 rubles, and you know they work really great for covering up the blue armor. I actually really appreciate about this task that it forces you to use armor that's not very good. When I know that in the back of my mind when I was taking shots at scavs, I always had this thought of, this scav could kill me. <laughs> and this could be bad. Actually, it made it more engaging, I think, because of that. Especially now, at this point in the wipe, when we're used to using class five all the time, basically, no matter what. Yeah, it's, I mean, at the end of the day, it's like the week prior, I had really bad raids just nothing was going right we go in have a couple of <laughs> a couple good nights of raids and at the end of it like we only played for a couple hours but i ended up going up over three million rubles just in a handful of raids just because of some luck right i found a kiba key on one of the scavs but also just got a bunch of really valuable barter stuff and selling all the gear that i found on players and it just became a really profitable couple raids when we were just doing other stuff you know and if you take what the game gives you like we say a lot uh it, it ended up giving us a bunch of valuable stuff so the the mission changed in the middle of those raids and we exfilled but we still got a lot done which is why it was such a like fulfilling tarkov experience because we got a bunch of our tasks done we killed a bunch of pmcs we never died and it just uh, went really well Absolutely. I think it makes it easier to do some of these tasks in duos. I just find that if you can find a good duos partner to play with, Tarkov is a lot easier in some aspects. If you're not doing close quarters PvP and you're working on the outside maps, I think duos is the way to go. I think Tarkov is a is a game that really thrives in duos. I don't play a lot of squads, so I'll just I don't know about that, but I do play a lot of duos and I think if you can find a duos player to play with, find a friend, they can help you get through some of these tasks. They can help you progress your hideout, help you get through over the hump of some of this like mid-game stuff that's in the 20s and the 30s where it starts to become a skill gap where, you know, frankly, it's a little hard to do by yourself depending upon your FPS level of, you know, gaming history. And I was hitting up a couple of those uh, ceilings and it was great to bump through that. And yeah, it's been great. Yeah, well, I think the interesting part about hitting some of those ceilings is 
I wouldn't say I was feeling the ceiling when it came to Factory. Is I I really thought that I don't want to say I mastered Factory, but I I was really successful at it, and I was using Factory as a farm. You know, so one of the things I want to circle back to this Punisher challenge from Pestley and define it a little bit for those of you that that aren't aware of it. And what it is is Pestley's running a PvP tournament. And he ran one before, he's doubling the size of it, and he's doing it in multiple regions. And it's going to be a PvP tournament on private servers on the Labs map. But the qualification for it, if you haven't entered into the tournament before, is you have to submit an hour's worth of gameplay on your stream. So YouTube, Facebook, Twitch, wherever you stream. And you have to do a one-hour clip of you running factory and you have to get 30 PMC kills. And so when I first heard about this, I was like, oh, cool, a qualification on factory. That's like my favorite map. That's really cool. And I, I kind of put it aside because the holiday came up. And then as I was thinking about it over the weekend, I was like, okay, wait a minute. This isn't as simple as just go kill a bunch of people on factory because to get 30 kills in an hour, that means you have to be averaging a PMC kill every two minutes. Well, there's that. If you die, you have to regear. You have to load into different raids, and there's only a max of five PMCs on a map now with Factory. So you only have a max of four PMCs per raid. So you actually have to be killing at a really good pace. And the pace that I wanted to set was three PMC kills every five minutes. And a minute and a half of that was loading time in the map. And if you do that, you have the potential to get 36 kills, which leaves a little fluff in there, but not not a whole lot. And so I decided that I was going to try this and basically was thinking through how I would accomplish this. Now, I've talked a lot about Factory. We've talked a lot about Factory. The reason I want to talk about this is strategically, this is radically different from how I play the Factory map. Now, We've kind of gone away from saying rat and chad because it just, I don't know, it just doesn't have the best connotation to it. You know, I've, I have people message me like, hey, factory chad, I need a da da da. And I'm like, well, I mostly play factory solo because I play it as a sound map and, and I'm not afraid of PvP. I think everyone knows that, that I'll, I'll charge in there if I need to or I'll engage in PvP, but that doesn't necessarily mean I'm charging in with an Alton and a slick and trying to, you know, out flick you or out aim you sprinting around corners. That's not how I PvP. I engage in PvP, but I try to control the terms of it and get the better positional advantage and take out my, you know, take out my opponent kind of surgically is how I look at it. So the idea of not farming, which my goal is to kill all the PMCs on factory, stay in there for the full 20 minutes and maximize every single slot meaning I want to loot all the coats, the weapon crates, I want to loot scavs, I want to pull rubles off of them, I'm looking for sugar, I'm looking for anything that is 10,000 rubles or more per slot, and I like to go even beyond that, which is very, very different from this challenge. To kill this many PMCs in this short of a time frame, I knew that it was going to challenge the way that I play the map. I really don't sprint anywhere in factory unless I need to get away to heal, or I just don't like the position I'm in. But this one required me to literally W and shift key almost the entire time, which was really, really challenging for me. Yes, and you were running around and probably surprising people with how aggressive you were playing, because you literally were just running and shooting 
And he didn't give people time to even react. A couple of the highlights from the day for actually, as someone who was watching it and enjoying the content, you had a couple of kills in the office area that I thought were really interesting. And the reason is it really illustrates why using long guns on factory is a bad idea. So if you have like a longer AK or a longer M4, M1 or whatever, it's a really bad idea because people couldn't turn around and get either ADS'd quick enough or whatever they were trying to do. And you could see it happening, kind of the gun would be pointing up and you would just come slaughter what was up there. And you were using an MP7, right? Short little MP7. It was just over and over and over. This was kind of the case. And even with the MP7, I've got a couple questions for you that I think would be really interesting to talk about. One of the sure. questions is, talk about the long gun versus versus not long gun, kind of what we just discussed. And then I really want to talk about bullets because I think bullet velocity makes a huge difference in accuracy because you're using the MP7 not only in close quarters combat up in the factory hallway, but you were also walking around on the on the upper rails and upper decks and you were shooting down into connexes and between things and catching some really shots. You killed one PMC through the connex, through the little opening in the connex. I saw that kill and I was like, <laughs> yeah, I was like, I wasn't surprised because I know how good you are at the game, but I was just like, okay, okay, that guy didn't have a chance. So, I mean, talk about, talk about that. Like, how did you pick the gun? Why did you pick, you know, suppressor, not suppressor, scope, or, you know, bullet? Let's talk about that. Yeah. Yeah. So, again, I, I was thinking about what the barriers were to get a lot of PMC kills quick. To break it down on the most surface level I can, there's a couple things. One would be quantity of bullets. And... It's not to say that you should go get an M4 with a 100-round mag because that's not it. But if you're using like 30-round mags and you run into a team of two, you may have to reload. Or if you run into a team of three, which I did during this challenge, you may have to reload. So I was thinking about quick access to bullets, quick access to reloads, and quantity in the magazines. And because of that, I did land on the MP7, but I had thought about 60 rounders and an AKM. But yeah, I, I'm not shy to shoot the MP7 at medium range. And part of it has to do with the rate of fire. Not only the bullet velocity, which is decent on the MP7, but it's the rate of fire. On factory, bullet velocity really isn't going to come into play because every uh, there's not going to be enough distance really at any part of the map for the bullet to drop significantly enough that you have to do uh, anything you know vertical you may have to lead a little bit horizontal but not much i picked the mp7 because of those 40 round mags apsx or ap what is the am i'm slipping my mind is apsx something like that i don't know why that's slipping my mind but i was using the top end 4.6 by 30 ammo. And the other things that I was thinking about were if I'm stomping around and you're not going to get the best spawns every time. So I knew I'd end up in office. I knew I'd end up in the tunnels. I didn't want to get hung up on corners and I knew I would have to get in people's faces. And to me, one of the most notable kills was one that you pointed out. It's not the reason I chose the MP7. It's the situation that I thought may come up. I went up to the office I hear one guy in there, didn't know there was two. I open the door and I go in and I spray the first guy down, but I heard the second one go out the door. 
And it was at that point that I had to make a decision. Do I run further into the office and try to kill him as he flanks around behind me? Or do I get aggressive and try to make him make a mistake? And I chose to get aggressive and go back out the door. And when I did that, he was standing next to me on the wall, but he was pointed to the sky because he was strafing getting ready to come in the door but he was right up against the wall. So I had easy shots into his side with my MP7, which because it's short, I was able to just hit fire and kill him pretty easily. Now, the interesting part is I think that that guy, and I said this on the stream, I think that guy made an incredible flank and an incredible call because they had both doors to the office closed and I think they were anticipating me nading them. And had I taken the time to open that door and throw a nade, he would have been in the hallway with his gun pointing at the side of me before I ever stepped in the door, which is why with the MP7, I knew that I was opening that door and I was going in. This was the right door to the office. And so specifically, I opened the door from the left side so that I could see onto that little chair in the front right corner and make sure no one was standing up on top of it. That's a very common place when teams are in the office, someone's standing on it. So that's what I looked at first, and then I sweeped through the room and I sprinted in and caught this guy. But I think that guy made a phenomenal play, and nine times out of ten, he probably wins, because a lot of people will open the door when they hear someone and throw a nade in. I just planned on not doing that. So that's really why I chose the short gun. It's the rate of fire as well, because from a distance, it can seem like high rate of fire guns are hard to control because they move quickly. But when a gun shoots faster, at least in my experience, while it may have a higher distance of recoil, it's easier to control because there's less time in between each shot. So the distance between each shot is smaller. There's just more of them happening so if you're spraying at range, it's easier to pull down because it's a more consistent spray. It's less volatile than a lower rate of fire gun, which is why I love the MP7, even at mid and even long ranges sometimes. Yeah, it was really interesting to watch that particular situation unfold because there are so many different strategies for getting into the office with the doors closed and you kind of have to pick and there is no wrong way to do it. You either succeed or you don't. And, you know, nades take a little bit of time, which is really interesting because it's pretty common to nade when you get the forklift spawn in the back. But with, with the office, it's kind of 50-50, right? You kind of, it's situational. You kind of have to make a choice. Do I think that I can be faster than those people that are in the office or not? And I think that's really interesting. It was fun to watch. It was fun to talk about uh, while you were doing it. And it was really interesting as far as strategy goes in factory. Yeah, and, and you did mention one other thing that was kind of a key component to getting this done. Because getting a lot of PMC kills in a short amount of time, I think it's assumed that you're going to have to be aggressive. But you can be aggressive, but not necessarily like push into people. And one of the key components to this, in my opinion, was I was taking a very specific setup of grenades. I was taking two VOGs, so the, the two, two and a half second timer grenades, one flashbang, and one uh, regular grenade, one of the five second fuse grenades. I didn't care which version of it was. But I did this intentionally because I needed to control the fights, and if there was multiple PMCs on a team, I needed to be able to know if they were there and make them move. 
And the Vog grenade is really nice because if it blows up, you know pretty well that you kill someone there. You have to be careful, though, because one of the things that I, I'm, I'm kind of admitting to this right now, I knew that I had Vog grenades and I did not want to mess up a grenade throw because I thought about it as I was running to the office is, ooh, should I grenade? And I actually didn't because I had a Vog and I didn't want to mess it up and hit it on a door frame or it bounced funny and I killed myself. And I also did want to run in there. So if I throw a VOG in, I can't run in. Whereas even if I threw the five second grenade, I could actually throw that run in spray and and run away. And sometimes that works for pushing people. But yeah, that, that was something that was critical is really controlling the fights and getting up close and personal. Now, I did die because of this, because one guy anticipated what I was going to do. He pre-fired me and just owned me. And I made a mistake. I went the same way twice. I've re-peaked in a sense. It's just a getting better thing. I don't normally push into people and try to outmaneuver them by getting closer. I try to out-angle them and force them into disadvantageous positions. So this is a new way of fighting for me. And then it just like broke my heart to clear some of these lobbies and then not to get to farm all the scabs and go, <laughs> go loot everything. But it was a tremendous amount of fun. Yeah, it was interesting to watch. And it's also, I think, making you even better at factory because the way that we normally play factory for sound and the, the slower style, it's just going to be a lot easier because the stress of running around on purpose is you're not playing sound as much. You kind of are, but you're playing mostly what you see <laughs> and, yeah. and depending upon, you know, where you are in the map and what you've already been through, you're playing the odds as to where people go. And so it was really interesting to watch and Talk about some of the longer range shots that you made. You know, off the office area was definitely interesting. Let's talk about some of the fights that you got in where you were looking down on the factory floor with the MP7. Yeah, so there was there was that one. I think the more notable long range shot was when I was at the hut, as I would call it. So there's the um, there's the two coats in the middle room of factory on the ground level where there's wood flooring. And on one side of that, you have the office. On the other side, you kind of have that chain link fence, and then you have the door. And I was just through that door. I was approaching the hut on the other side of it, going towards the concrete ramp on the other side of the hut. And I heard two sets of footsteps. And I heard those footsteps back towards the forklift spawn, but I heard them approaching glass hallway. And so I had to make a decision. Do I continue running and go through the metal doors and go fight them head up? Or do I get ready to scope in through those little tiny squares because I think they're going to push me here and try to catch me in rotation? And he ended up doing that. And I ended up spraying him down at a good distance. I mean, from the corner of that hut through those little squares and ended up killing him. And it was actually his partner that anticipated my movement well. But that one to me was the one where I even surprised myself because I had the plan. I knew what they were going to do. I knew what I wanted to do. But when you hit the shot in like six bullets, it feels really good because it allowed me to rotate, push the other set of footsteps, and he just caught me. And it was kind of a turning point in the whole thing because I was a little over halfway through. I was ahead of the count. Uh, but he killed me, and it, it was really early in the raid. And <laughs> I would have had a chance to kill two more PMCs, and I think I knew where they were. 
So it was a bummer that he got me, but it was just a good learning experience. Now, as far as being up on top of the rafters shooting, there was one scenario where I was kind of caught by the blue dumpster and I knew a PMC was above me, but he actually pushed me onto the rafters from office and I actually didn't kill this guy. We realized I didn't kill this guy, but I sprayed up and hurt him really bad. I mean, if he didn't bleed out after, I'm shocked, but he may have got really lucky. But he ended up, I don't know, probably 30 meters from me and was up on top of the rafters and I heard the metal clank. And so I actually looked up, saw him, started shooting and then ADS'd and controlled the ADS. And I had to pull it way over because in those scenarios, and this is probably a tactic worth talking about, I used to do this in a lot of games where I would see someone, then ADS, then start shooting, and I would die a lot, or I I would die often. And I realized that recoil control is a thing, and so once I have eyes on somebody on my screen and I know that I'm going to engage with them, I start shooting, and then I ADS, and then I control it. And you will be shocked if you start practicing this how often your first couple of bullets hit as you get used to the swing. And I'm pretty sure I put four to six rounds into this guy, and I thought he dropped. And he just he just didn't. He must have proned or left or who knows what. And I didn't have an angle other than him looking over the, the rafter. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of my strategy, man, is, is shoot. ADS and then and then control it. And the concept for me is if I die with 120 rounds in magazines in my vest, why wouldn't I have just shot that? It's the same. I would have lost it anyway. So I was shooting a ton of ammo. I was bringing in, you know, I had one round in the gun, which was 40. I had two in my vest, which was another 80. So 120 there. And then I had a spare mag, which was, you know, so what, 160? And then a stack of 70 APSX. Yeah, 100 or 230 rounds. And if it went beyond that, I shouldn't be in that raid anymore. I should have reset and got out. So, yeah, I'm just like getting hyped up talking about it, man, because (laughs) it was fun. I'm looking forward to trying again. I was not optimized in any way, shape or form from a stash perspective. So I look forward to setting my stash up for it and to to try to get that number up to 30, because I, I really think I can do it. Yeah, I think you can too. I honestly think that with some optimization and having gear kits ready to go, for one thing, so it's a really quick turnaround, and you know, having all of the ammo, like having your stash like optimized just for this, having like maybe five kits ready to go, and yep. five guns, five sets of mags that are all full, everything is there, and it's just boom, 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 if you need to reload or if you just need to completely re-gear, it's all there. I think, honestly, you were pretty close and this was kind of talking about it as you were doing it. And so I think it's um, very doable and looking forward to watching your next attempt. Yeah, cause I, I didn't know all the rules, right? I was like, do I have to collect the dog tags? So I was running around collecting dog tags. I was looting and selling and all that. And I learned like 10 minutes in, no, it's just the kills. You don't have to do the dog tags. And, you know, so I wasted a fair amount of time. It wasn't a ton. I I think I wasted probably a raid and a half's worth of time, which if I was averaging two or three kills would have put me in the 26 or 27 range. And that means I would have had to make one less mistake. I did die twice. 
And I think, uh, I mean, it puts me in there for the 30 kills. I think I can do it. It's just going to take some optimizing. And there's one specific spawn that I have to work on. And I don't, it's the one I hate. I talk about it all the time. I don't even know what to call it. But it's the one opposite of the forklift. It's as far as away as you can get. And it, it just, ugh, I hate it. But I've got to figure out a good strategy for it. Because the times I spawned there, I died once right out of the gate. I had a guy just destroy me. And the other times I'm running into PMCs, you know, either one PMC left or they're all dead or who knows what. It was challenging for me in that regard, but um, I'm excited to keep working on it this week. Yeah. As a note to everyone who's listening and watching, we'll do what we did for Xville 44. We'll have a companion video. So if you want to check this out, we can actually show you what Trigger did. And for those who were not able to actually watch it on Twitch, we'll be able to see it on YouTube. So if you go to youtube.com slash now, we'll have the companion video to XFIL 49 with uh, Trigger's attempts at this and talking about the process as he was doing it. Absolutely. And we talked a lot about, you know, we'll get those clips up there and yeah, we'll get that stuff up posted, or at least we'll uh, get the highlight video up on uh, my Twitch and we'll get the link for that. Uh, but speaking of clips, it always reminds me, and I just got to make sure you guys check out the uh, Perfect Package 3.0 from Manscaped. Guys, everybody at XP Media is using this thing. We have nothing but good things to say about it. Um, if you want the full breakdown of why we, we like it, you can listen to previous episodes. You know, check this thing out. They've got a holiday package. It comes with some of their deodorants, some of the lotions, and then the 7,000 RPM trimmer called the Lawnmower 3.0. So make sure you get onto manscaped.com if you're looking for gift ideas for you or something to get, you know, somebody that maybe is a closer, closer family friend or a friend. This is probably not someone you want to give a stranger. This is not a good white elephant, but uh, manscaped.com. Code is XFIL, you guys. Save 20% off plus free shipping with code EXFIL at manscaped.com. Absolutely. Be sure to check out manscaped.com. Use code XFIL for free shipping and 20% off. Really convenient coming up uh, for the holiday season. But that being said, I'm starting to see that green bar flashing, which means we are moments away from disappearing. But before we do, like always, we just want to say thank you. We're very thankful for everybody who's watched the show, who supports the show, who listens to the show, who's engaged in Discord for the community that's been built up over this almost year now. We're in episode 49, which means this is a weekly podcast that we've done pretty much weekly since January. So we're getting close to coming up to a year of doing the show, and we're just thankful. It was Thanksgiving in North America. So for our North America friends in the U.S. here, happy Thanksgiving. For our Canada friends and everywhere else in the world, happy Thursday. And we had a great one here, and we're thankful for all of you. But remember, you can find us on iTunes, Spotify, and Stitcher, basically anywhere that you listen to an audio podcast. We're all over the place. We have gone live on many platforms based upon your feedback. As Trigger mentioned in Hideout Keeping, if there is a platform that you do like and you want to see the show on, let us know. We'll do our best to get live on as many platforms as we can. We are specifically now live on Amazon. So I think Alexa has the XFIL podcast now and Pandora is in process. They're coming along. So, so you'll soon be able to find it on Pandora. I'm not sure at the time of recording if they've released it yet, but 
We're getting through all these different places, and it's because they've been requested, and we want to accommodate those requests. As always, you can always find the talk show version of the show live on YouTube. So youtube.com slash now. You can watch Trigger and I record the show every week. One last ask. Please leave a review everywhere that you listen. They help the show get spread with all the different algorithms for all the different services that happen. So on Apple, specifically Apple and YouTube this week, we're asking, leave a five-star review on Apple. And if we didn't earn a five-star review, let us know why. Come on Discord, let us know why. Tag us in a message, send us a DM. We're always looking to get better at this and we enjoy constructive feedback. And believe it or not, we've made changes along the way based on that feedback. So let us know. If you're loving the show, leave a five-star review. Also comment on YouTube. The algorithm loves it when people comment on the show and you can let us know your experience on Shoreline Factory Woods, all the things that we talked about today. Also, if you're an audio-only listener, give YouTube a try. It'd be fun to watch the show. You can see Trigger and I and actually what we look like while we record the show and also support the show by watching it on YouTube. All that being said, that's about it. So as always, good luck with your raids this week. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being part of the community and we'll catch you on the next one. Thanks everybody. See ya. Later. Later.